What is up, internets? Welcome to the Randy King Live podcast, episode 36. Welcome back to another episode of the Randy King Live podcast. This week, we have an audio-only podcast, so if you're enjoying this on YouTube, expect two logos to be in your face. Uh, we really appreciate all of our YouTube subscribers, but audio, you are kicking YouTube's butt, so I care much less about YouTube. If you want to change that, YouTubers, share the podcast. Uh, today, we have on the show a new friend of mine, the internet friend, who I'm hoping to meet in April, uh, Chris, and he will talk about himself in a couple of seconds. We have an interesting topic, another one of my dream topics that I wanted to do for the show. Before we get started with Chris and the show, uh, I want to quickly go over the rules because maybe you're a fan of Chris's because Chris has more Instagram followers than I do, and uh, you have no idea who I am. So if, if that's the case, you need to understand the basic premise of the show. So this show is a debate-based podcast, not an argument-based podcast. People seem to get those two things confused. So what I mean by debate is we have chosen a topic ahead of time. We have decided ahead of time which side of the topic we're going to take, and we are just going to be debating our points or topic our topic points of the conversation not our thoughts or feelings or emotions on it so if i take the pro or negative side even if i don't believe in what i am saying i'm going to try to argue my point to the best of my ability in order for us to show number one that debate won't destroy civilization and number two that uh, debate is common and we can still have these conversations and learn a lot more when we're looking at both sides outside of the emotional cascades that usually exist when people do these types of debates. So uh, how the show works, like I said, is uh, Chris took a side, I took a side. There are some rules for the show. So rule number one is we start as friends, we leave as friends. So the people I invite on the show are fellow martial artists, self-defense people, uh, people from all around the world in this industry. And I want to make sure we keep a good existing relationship with them. So Again, we're not going thoughts and feelings. There'll be no personal attacks. We're just going to debate our points. So it's a friendly, fun, lighthearted debate. The second rule is actually a cascade of rules, which is I sent ahead of time 15 logic fallacies to Chris uh, that we've agreed upon uh, that uh, will not be used in the show. So all of these logic fallacies, while they're not all the fallacies out there, they're the ones that keep the conversation going. So example, you're not allowed to use circular logic. So you can't just keep making the same point over and over again because the conversation doesn't go anywhere. If myself or my guest is caught in one of these logic fallacies by the other debater, we need to take a page out of Rory Miller's book, Conflict Communication. We take a deep breath. We say, sorry for using said logic fallacy. And I like to tag on little compliments. So Chris, I really enjoy your social media presence. And then I have to secede my turn and the other person gets to go. So there's a penalty if a logic fallacy is used. Listeners, you also have a chance to help us out here. Because we're going to be in the debate, we're not going to be able to catch every fallacy all the time. If you, the listeners, catch a fallacy that we don't catch, please send me the minute in the show that it happened. I will take a quick look. If I agree with you, if I can't debate my way out of the fallacy, I will promote whatever you want me to promote on all my social media channels. So it will it's a great benefit to you to listen carefully because if you catch me, you get free advertising on all of my platforms. That's going to help keep us honest. Um, and that's just for me. The guest does not have to do that, just so you know. <laughs> um, 
other than that, we are other than that. That's how the show works. So we start as friends, we leave as friends. We have fifteen logic fallacies. The debate is twenty minutes long. There will be an opening statement from our guest, in this case, Chris, and then uh, back and forth. After twenty minutes, we will stop. At the end of the show, we'll uh, send you or we'll give you all of Chris's um, promotional information, and then. We jump over to a piece called Final Thoughts. Now, Final Thoughts only exists on my Patreon at the $5 level, where we then talk about how the debate went, what our actual thoughts and feelings are. We kind of walk this out a little bit more outside of the rule structure of the debate. So now that you all know that I kind of have to be a jerk, because especially in this one, I don't know how great I'm going to come off on my side of this. Uh, let's introduce our guest, Chris. Chris, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? All right, perfect. Um, so my name is Chris Pindas. I started Staying Safe Self-Defense uh, back in 2014, I think. Um, and uh, my background is uh, I started off with traditional martial arts, um, did some boxing before I joined the Marine Corps. I was a Marine Corps martial arts instructor, uh, got out of the Marine Corps, did some contracting overseas, some executive protection. And now I find myself working for the federal government. Um, my main source of uh, martial arts now is jujitsu. It's my, my kind of my passion now. So that's kind of where I'm staying with. Um, basically, I started Staying Safe Self-Defense as a resource for uh, battered women that I worked with, um, some of the shelters, while I was deployed to give them continuous information. Uh, so I kind of stay mostly in, although it's self-defense, I stay mostly in the personal safety uh, aspects of it. Um, so like Randy said, we'll give you my uh, information afterwards, my website and social media stuff, so you can check it out if you're interested. Awesome. Chris, thank you so much. I just learned about you. I didn't know you did all that. That's cool. I'm actually, this is the first time I'm <laughs> learning about the guest on the show. Uh, all right. So the topic we've agreed upon, which, um, as I said, is if you're a, a longtime listener at all 36 episodes, uh, this is, oh, and I forgot to mention, if you want to know what the logic fallacies are, listeners, jump to episode one. I actually walk all of the logic fallacies out in episode one. Anyways, uh, the topic we're going with today is is PC or politically correct culture destroying our threat matrix? Now, this is normally video. I'm making air quotes right now. So let's really quickly do uh, some definitions here. What I mean by threat matrix is what your threat matrix is such a cool term. What I mean is your natural intuition or ability to look at a threat. Would you agree with that, Chris? Yeah, I think that's a good, a good starting point, definitely. Okay, cool. So uh, what side of the debate are you taking? I am taking that. Uh, PC culture is not destroying our threat matrix. Awesome. And so obviously as the show works, as the rules, I always allow the guests to pick and then I take the opposite side. This is my favorite part of the show actually is debating uh, the opposite side. So I will be taking the opposite side of that is I believe for the debate that PC culture is wrecking the threat, the our personal threat matrix. So we have 20 minutes on the clock. Chris, you have up to four minutes to do your opening statement starting now all right so i looked at this from two different lenses the first lens i looked at is from an instructor's point of view and does pc culture um affect how an instructor can teach the threat matrix to their students and then the second lens was from practical application as the user does it wreck your threat matrix when you're trying to decide if somebody's a threat or not so I'll start with the instructor one first. Um, I, th I say that it is, I believe that in this debate that it is not wrecking um, the threat matrix because it forced, being critical of what we say forces us to really think about how we're gonna transmit that message to somebody. So semantics are important. Uh, I really believe that semantics play an important role in our ability to train 
excuse me, train somebody or, or instruct them properly. So as an instructor, looking at what PC culture is and, and the way it is in our society now, and looking at those words and how you use them specifically will make you a better instructor and a better transmit that information to somebody. Um, and also from an instructor's point of view, if you're dealing with people who have dealt with trauma in their past, taking a more PC approach may help uh, with their healing process and helping them get through that and learn something rather than having a non-PC approach to it may just turn them away from getting better or seeking the help that they may need in, in regards to their personal safety or, or self-defense. Now, from a, a, a user's perspective, kind of the same point that it makes you examine what made you feel uneasy. Because I, I don't believe that everybody has a, a perfect radar when it comes to assessing threats. They, it has to be calibrated. So sometimes, based on our, our culture, we have things um, like uh, implicit associations where, where we don't know we have a bias towards something, but we do based on our, our culture, our subculture, um, the things that we're watching on TV. Uh, the things that we're reading, the news, all those things play a part in that, whether we know it or not. And they help us form these biases. And we need to calibrate that sometimes. So taking a PC type approach to your threat matrix and examining why you felt something was a threat is going to make you that much more honed in on it. Awesome. That was, oh, that was concise, too. Didn't even take the four minutes. So, uh, counterpoints. And again, reminder, uh, everything Chris said there was super woke. I'm not going to sound super woke on this. Heads up. So, when we're, <laughs> when we're doing this, uh, so my counterpoints are, and I like how you put it into two categories. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to address both categories as you stated them. So, number one was the instructor side of it. While I cannot disagree that uh, working with people with trauma um, and um, things in that nature uh, using uh, PC culture would be a better way to get to them. I will argue that words are still subjective and you don't even know what's going to set somebody off anyways. So trying to tiptoe around some things may or may not be beneficial where when you're trying to teach, especially to a larger group of people, direct, clear, uh, very identifiable language is in some way superior than trying to make sure you use the proper word for the style that's happening at the time. So clear communication, I think, supersedes um, the the need for uh, dancing around some topics, especially when we're talking about something as, as I would say, as serious as self-defense. When it comes to the user end of it, there's a bunch of things that we need to understand about just how humans work. And like you said, there's unconscious biases that people have. Um, but humans, nobody has a perfect threat radar, and I agree with that 100%, otherwise, I wouldn't have a business, but uh, I think that I think that people do have a pretty decent base starting line. Um, number one, eighty percent of your info, if you're a sighted person, comes through your eyes. So if you have to, if you're taking data in real time, adding an extra filter to it, i.e., PC culture, is slowing down the process or the ability to access or use that data at the time you need it. So. I would hate that if somebody was coming towards somebody and they saw them and all of the information they're getting through their head is saying danger, but because a PC culture filter comes through, they now second guess themselves. And we hear time and time again, stories of, of people who are, well, I didn't want to be racist or I didn't want to be rude or I didn't want to seem impolite or I didn't want to whatever. This is all politically correct culture, uh, taking away that natural instinct that comes through it. And, when we look at most of training and most human reactions, there's nature versus nurture. 
Uh, nurture does seem to be overwhelmingly the thing that wins. So you could have a, you could maybe, maybe let's arguably say the person was born with a decent threat matrix for the environment they live in. PC culture could dull that and make it un ineffective because the person is so worried about stopping cultural taboos on the macro side that their micro version isn't effective. Chris. That's, uh, and, and I can't disagree. I think those are some really great points. Um, so let's work backwards. We'll start with the, your last point. Sure. Um, I don't think that PC culture should be implemented in the mo moment. Always, uh -huh. it's the same thing. Anytime that you feel threat, you should always act on that, on that, on that feeling. However, it, you should, and after the fact, go back and examine why did I feel this way and was it appropriate based on rather than saying, because a lot of times, let's be honest, some people will, will go, hey, look, oh, there's a black guy with a hoodie. Now I'm scared and go, right. well, what behavior was he displaying? Because in all reality, when I'm, if, if there's a murderer next to me and he's not displaying behavior that is threatening to me or somebody else, do I really care to know if he's a murderer or not? You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. So I, does it apply in the situation based on the actions that the person is, is uh, currently displaying towards me? So I, while I agree, yes, we should act in that moment based on whatever you're feeling. Absolutely. However, as a person who is always striving to be better, I think that the people who act on that should also go back and examine it after the fact to make sure that it wasn't a PC lens, wasn't a, um, a, a racist lens or whatever, whatever it may be that, mm -hmm. that initially started that behavior. Um, now going back to the instructor portion, I, I, really great point. Clear, concise communication is important. Um, to counterpoint that, unless it's an impromptu meeting or seminar or discussion mm -hmm. in my experience i've had the time to reach out and say hey are there is there anything like for example most of most of my experience doing these types of things is with with women's shelter and i always want to use whatever language they're using so if they're saying right. i if i say criminal they say perpetrator i want to i want to go with whatever it is that they're using for that so i would i would say to reach out ahead of time to make sure that we're on the same page because that could impact the message to them and you made a really good point. Words are subjective. However, if there's something part of their culture or their subculture inside that that organization or that school, I want to match whatever that is. And I think being reaching out and asking that ahead of time and then adjusting myself to meet that to meet those needs mm -hmm. is a benefit. I, and I agree with that. So I'm going to counter. Uh, that's the whole point of the show. I'm going to counterpoint. Shocking. Uh, so <laughs> I'm, going counter, <laughs> I'm going to counterpoint with what if the culture that you are going into, so i.e. the the chosen nomenclature they're using where you go, is isn't doesn't is express the seriousness of the situation. So what if because of like again I'm going to use PC culture uh, because I'm the bad guy in this conversation for sure. So what if that PC culture is really <laughs> messing with what messing with the seriousness of this? And what I mean by that is what if they say perpetrator and the word perpetrator doesn't doesn't give them the proper emotional or elicit the proper emotions you need them to have. So wouldn't using a more aggressive word, even if that's not their preferred word, snap them into the headspace you need them to be in to talk about the subject? No, I agree. I could definitely. Um, I think there would have to be some some give 
uh, one way or the other, you know, okay. um, I can't, I, I honestly, I can't really counterpoint that. I, cause, cause I agree with what you just said. Um, <laughs> it makes perfect sense. I don't think, I don't think I can really counterpoint that one. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> so, so, so fair enough. And that's, this is, uh, this is the, this is my favorite part of the show, right? Cause I, I feel like I got the harder end of the stick here, but there's some good points on each side. That's why it's so important to have these conversations. So I think then going back, let's go to the user, uh, end of this, right? So that's kind of what we're talking about now. You said that, uh, you're always trying to be better. You are not your client though. Your clients aren't doing what you're doing. They're not spending the time on the mat. Like I, I follow your Instagram and I know, I don't, I don't want to attack you personally. Cause that's a, uh, that's a lot of <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Yeah. But, but, but like, so I've seen most instructors train a lot of the time. We're doing a lot of extra stuff. I have BJJ coaches and, and boxing coaches, although I suck at BJJ. Uh, we have, <laughs> right. Like I have these other people. So yes, I'm constantly trying to become better. You're constantly trying right. to become better, but our clients are not constantly trying to become better. So the, 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 point that you made were yeah like sure the pc culture thing could affect if you're trying to become better you're going to whittle that away i don't think the client on the user end is putting any amount of time to do that so i think on the front end uptake they need to know that it might not be beneficial because that might be the only time they ever think about that topic right right no that's a, that's a fair point um again i can't really i can't really argue that uh uh if and and as an instructor, you're making you're making really good points. Like, the instructor is always going to strive to be better. But as an instructor, you have to also import, a, you know, put that onto your students as well to get them to want to be better. To right. and and part of that is explaining the seriousness of it and the implications of going the wrong direction. So, having the like instilling that that want to be better because of the implications that could happen. For example, you do like. Uh, what was his name with uh, uh, Trayvon Martin, where he yeah, followed yeah. this guy and did, you know, he killed a guy, he killed a kid. Not going to go into the, you know, yeah. just or unjust, but you get the point. The implications could be very, very high, the consequences on both sides. So it's kind of our job as an instructor to get those people to want to be better, to make sure they can hone it in as tight as possible. Yeah, and I, I agree with that 100% because we don't want that situation to happen. And we're definitely, I'm not going to, that's so politically charged. And it's, even if it was so long yeah, ago, I'm idea. still, I'm still scared of it. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I was like, uh. <laughs> but in that situation, well, like, again, I can't disagree. I have to go back to that 80% of our information through our eyes kind of statistic that I threw out there earlier. Um, I can't cite that right now, but I'll cite it in the show notes so I don't look like some guy just making up numbers. Uh, the 80%. Info is if you look, especially if you look at human reaction time in any right. kind of performance, not even self-defense, but athletic performance, right? The, right? the less choices you have, the quicker your reaction time is in that performance. So if you're playing right. Right. and it, they can be chained reactions, Hicks laws, bullshit. That's yeah. not true. But you can pattern connections that work really mm -hmm. well. So if I'm adding again, if I'm adding. So let's say I've, I've trained my whole life and I have like this ability to to, to everything is like a simple or, or chain reaction. So the two quickest reactions a human can do. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. And all of a sudden, my cultural training, my sensitivity, my my PC culture, my wokeness is is another filter that now takes my really quick reaction time to a, to a go no go situation, which is arguably one of the slowest reactions you can have because you're trying to get a lot of information. And this is where police, they don't get in trouble like with the police and the courts, they get in trouble with the public. 
because mm-hmm. they know they can't be making those stop goes. They have to go, right. okay, that's a threat. I have to end it. So I think that the PC culture affects it because it just gives another blockage in your in your ability to act. And as an instructor, trying to give people the ability to act is like 90% of what I do. Is It's okay for you to do stuff to people if they're doing stuff to you. So right. I think adding another layer to that paralyzes them even for paralyzed might be a dramatic word but makes them slows them down in the ability to do something when when it really matters but does it actually is it are you actually adding a layer if you look at so for example when we're looking at situational awareness and we're looking at is somebody a threat we base it off of their behavior like Mm -hmm. my point earlier where if, if a guy's a murderer and he's next to me but he's not displaying any um behavior that would show that as a threat do i really care if he's next to me not really, right? Because I don't know, you know. So, if we're looking through that lens of is it the behavior that is being displayed currently, is it is it affecting me? Then having that that PC on top of it, that's you're you've already cut through the PC portion of it because you're looking at the behavior and not the individual as as themselves, right? So, and you know, and again, when you go into like decision making and things, like this is why heuristics are so important. You have a you know. If you listen to like uh, uh, just Left quickly, bang, you know, just oh, quickly define heuristics for the listeners, just in case. Uh, rule of thumb, okay. you know, yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't have to. It's you have enough information to make a decision um, right. as, as a best guess, but it's not precise. It's not a hundred percent of all the information. So, awesome. if you if you take like uh, uh, um, left of bang, like you left of bang, yeah. uh, Patrick Van Horn, they go with the combat rule of three. You know, three, three, three adverse behaviors and the dominance, or whatever, whatever layer you're looking at that doesn't match the baseline, whatever anomaly it is. Three of those, it's time for a decision, right? Mm-hmm. That way, you have a threshold. You've met that threshold. Threshold, you go. The same thing would apply, right? If if you're looking at the behavior, not the individual, as the individual. I mean, of course, iconography is is important. What they're wearing, what's being displayed, that is an aspect of that. You know, if they're if it's hot and they're wearing a big coat, I mean, that's that's an anomaly, right? Yeah. But if we're looking at strictly that person's the way they're dressed and using that solely as it, I think that's that's a problem. But looking at the behavior, and then if you base it off of that, the PC portion doesn't matter because you've based it off of something tangible that you can quantify. Right. And I agree with that. And I, 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 perfect. That was a great description of that, but I, and I can't know cause I'm not the client, but I can speculate right, right. that's, uh, and in my speculation, I can speculate that while that sounds great and that's like a good t-shirt, I don't think that's how it happens <laughs> in reality. Right. So what I mean by that is like, I think that they'd be like, okay, so I can do everything I can. Oh, but I don't want to be the person that punches a insert minority here. Right. right? So I still think, I still think while we could give them all of that and all like the empowerment, cause that's what you're doing is you're power. That empowerment mm-hmm. So they just, just do this decision time. And I like that phrasing is how to make a decision. I think that they will still second guess themselves. Humans are paranoid creatures. We're second guessing ourselves constantly. That's mm-hmm. when weapon checks happen. That's why, right? There's so many things that you right, right, freaked yeah. out about. So I think that they're still gonna they're gonna second guess themselves if they're deep in that in that really like the PCE type thought process of like if it's a person that looks like them, I'm sure they're gonna go as quick as possible because they don't mm-hmm. feel bad about it. But guilt happens there, and not only there, we only have four minutes left, but I'm going to kind of breach a little bit outside of the topic, but it'll come back in, especially in the aftermath of the event, right? Because violence doesn't happen in a vacuum. It's not a singular Mm. entity, and then you get to pick up the hot chick in the bar after like a movie, (laughs) right? There's stuff that happens. So so in this situation, after that happens, what about like – so they've done everything they need to do, but then the PC culture could hit them again a second time Mm. on the aftermath when they're – 
processing the situation and they might think oh did i make that choice incorrectly and now when they talk to whomever they're reporting to whatever their subculture dictates whether it's police or the boss or grandma at the family reunion there's going to be somebody they have to talk to that pc culture might then frame the way they explain themselves differently which is not beneficial always no that's yeah i i think i can agree with that i think it's um uh, again, it, and it's hard for me to put myself in that position because right. I don't see yeah. it that way. Like I go, sure. okay, this is it, and this is what I'm doing. Like I have no problem making an a- doing it doing an action. I see, okay, I'm uncomfortable here. I'm leaving. I don't care if I lose my spot in line. I don't care if I'm late for work. I don't, right. Whatever, it doesn't matter yeah. to me. You know what I mean? Because I look at it as the consequence of whatever I'm. My lack of action is still an action, right? My choice to not mm. do anything is still an action. Yep. And the consequences for that are greater to me than whatever my action may may occur for me. You know what I mean? Like if yep. I leave or if I punch that person in the face or whatever it is, you know. Yep. Um, so it, it's really hard for me to put myself in that position because right. I can't. I can't understand. It does, that doesn't compute in my mind, you know. Well, and um, I, and you're you're not the one we're worried about. Their former military guy, like you're not you're not the problem, right? So we're talking right. like and, and like I'm not worried about you. I'm sure equally. I'm a giant dude. I wouldn't be worried about me. But right. we're not the people we're talking about. We're talking right. user and not us, right? Right. Right. So we still got so we still got about two minutes left. So I think at this portion of the show, what I like to do is kind of like a closing statement. So uh, I'm going to kind of do a quick one. I'll let you do one, and then we'll jump over to final thoughts after you plug your stuff. If that works for you. Yeah, works good. A quick final statement here. So on my end, my the, the, the crux of my debate is that I don't want you adding another layer of, of decision-making to an already entirely too quick decision you have to make of whether to go physical or not, physical or to escape or not escape. So in my defense of this topic and in final thoughts, I'm going to sing a much different tune. Uh, and my definition for this, <laughs> for, the, for the debate, is you get 80% of your information through your eyes. You should not discount that because there's a certain group in the world that is being picked on. If you have the intuition to believe the person coming at you is uh, a bad person, uh, it doesn't matter if they're purple. You should react. Uh, Chris, your closing statement. Um, I agree with Randy. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, uh, but I also think that you should never, you should not add something to make your decision process slow down. You shouldn't slow it down. However, you should always look at it after the fact to make sure that you acted appropriately based on the given information and the actions of what was happening, not based just solely on how somebody looks. Right. And that's awesome. All right, Chris, perfect. We will end the debate there. So why don't, thank you so much, by the way, that was super fun. And I can't awesome. stress enough to the listeners. Uh, Chris, we just know, me and Chris only know each other over Instagram. We like like each other's share stories. I'm like, oh, this guy seems cool. Let's be friends. Uh, right, and right. I, <laughs> I, and I am planning, I'm actually coming to DC early just so I can come train at your gym because uh, I want awesome. to work with you. So, uh, but this just shows that we can have these conversations. People turn this show down all the time. So, Chris, I want to give you a round of applause for taking a shot on the show because people get really scared about this, even though I think it's a pretty chill show. Uh, Good, good. Chris, why And I bowed, just so everybody knows, I did a bow. So. <laughs> oh, perfect. Good, good. Chris, why don't you tell the listeners where they can uh, get a hold of you? Sure. Um, my website is uh, www.stayingsafellc.com, um, formerly known as stayingsafe-selfdefense.com. You, either one will direct to the same place. Um, also, you can find me on Instagram at staying safe underscore self-defense. 
Yes, and all of for because Chris has more Instagram followers. Also, follow me on Instagram, Chris's followers. That'd be great. Uh, so yes. <laughs> yes, I'll plug this in. I'll share. Don't worry. <laughs> awesome. I greatly appreciate it. All right, Chris, well, thank you so much for being on the show. All right, listeners, we're now jumping over to Final Thoughts. One more time, Final Thoughts only exists on my Patreon at the $5 level. So if you want that bonus content from this episode, our actual thoughts, plus 35 other episodes, feel free to jump over there and get your Netflix of self-defense through Randy's Patreon. Uh, Chris, one more time, thank you so much, and everybody else, we'll see you over at Final Thoughts.